Welcome, everyone, to another week with your host, Mordechai Weinberger and Harav Nissen. What an honor and what a schluss to be here. We look forward to taking your questions and your comments in the mental health field. The number to call up to ask your question is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And feel free to call and ask your question or your comment. Rav Nissen, what would you say is the text number? Call up. Okay, 347 Excellent. And again, we look forward for your questions and for your comments. So we look forward to having them again, 718-683-5858. I would like to discuss a little just before we start with the questions that we're going to get with I, I like calling it more the Kiddush Hashem principle now. It's before Yantiv, during Chalamay, there might be some of these recordings going on. I'd like to know if we can recognize the focus and how important it is to have a Kiddush Hashem. And that means within ourselves. A Kiddush Hashem is, let's just look at ourselves, just or even our fellow Yid, not yet to the Goyim, that when it's around, we feel so positive. When we think about it, we feel positive that we have Yidin. We're with ourselves. We're connected to the Rabbi Shalom. And we act in a way that if someone sees us well, that's the way from Yid behaves. <clears throat> and it's interesting because now it's before Yantiv. Everyone is shopping, buying stuff. We're in stores. And we're so hectic because we have lists that it's impossible to complete. And we give it to our children, even teenagers, even married kids, but they're not going to do it the way we do it. And we're stressed and we're focused. And you see to the children, the walking. I'm walking on the street today. And you see the speed, the tension. And then you see those smiling and relaxed at the corner. If we can recognize this, this power within ourselves, that where we go, it has an effect. And when you see someone saying, go ahead in front of me, that's okay. I see you're carrying. Can I help you? Or not push those yellow lights with a tension that goes on. Or honking when the car is going slower, an older person driving. People might not know that you did not honk. But that is a Kiddush Hashem to yourself. Rabnison, what do you say to this? Uh, you know what? <laughs> I just want to tell you something that... Uh, I you know, we we passed the you know the, the Shabbat Agadol, and you know it was mm-hmm. big kiddush Hashem and, and the, bringing all this in the the gods and over there our people you know the all the slaves that suddenly become the masters of the Egyptian you know taking basically the gods of them and put them next to the beds and they're telling us they slaughter them, but uh, this is what they follow the instruction right. And I would just to tell you because I was I was in uh, last week in Europe, and we we had amazing time over there. We basically were in in uh, five different countries. We went from uh, Ukraine to uh, Hungary to uh, uh, Slovakia, and then uh, Vienna to Austria and uh, Switzerland. And it is wow. Pro- a lot of yeah, it's it's a lot. Yeah, you know, but but basically, our main main uh, I would say it was Rabbi Nachman that he was like we know that is the Yesod, the 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 you know the the foundation right as the mm-hmm. the Kabbalah and Rabbi Rabbi er, um, Shayale from Kerstir. Yeah, yes. This is the Chesed and the Chatam Sofer. Chatam Sofer uh, is the the the, the 
Torah, they took Vora basically. This, this is what the theme. And the, when the mid, and the, the, in the middle was the, the Tiferet, the Baal Shem Tov. Um, so, what I'm saying that it was amazing to see with, I don't think that we, in our gener, in our history of that, as a Jewish people, could travel all over the places with dignity, with kavod, like this time, you know, it's exactly, in my, I felt, I felt really like, like, it's Yad Mitzrayim, like this. Suddenly, every bit look at us, and especially when you're diving in the airport, or diving, diving in, in a place that surrounded with, with non-Jewish people. And you say, they'd gadal, vit kadash, shemer abba. You know, it's as a meaning to this. It's, and, and people don't look, you know, and eight, look, and I'm telling you this because really we follow the, the I look the faces of other people around us and I see that we they really respect us. Uh maybe some few wasn't so happy but I would say the general look, general atmosphere was I, I was very stunned. It's not the the Europe that I was ten years ago and uh, yeah. even five years ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say that I felt, I felt that we really, uh, we, we were a group of 50, uh, Jewish people, you know, with yamaka, with beard, with, you know, uh, pears, some of them, some of them. And, uh, we, we, you know, first of all, it was really, be, I felt very big, Kiddush Hashem. And, uh, to, to come to this, place you know it has to be a, a very you know and you know you have to say thank you hello and i tell you story in and and bucharest uh yeah budapest budapest yeah budapest uh we over there the law if you put your feet on this on the street you know the the car must stop you Wow. In many, many European countries, that's what you say. Doesn't matter if it's red light for the walk, walking or not. But when you, in a minute, you put your leg in your, uh, street on a road, that the car must stop. And you know, as, wow. as, a, as a Brooklyn guy, not many people knows about it. But, uh, the, the policeman has explained it, you know. And we, we pray, Davin, in, in the uh, Jewish, or Jewish quarter. In the old synagogue over there, and the bus—it's a narrow street. The bus waiting was waiting for us, and behind the bus, the trolley. And I tell you, at least fifty cars, not one beep, not one beep. Wow! This is really something that uh, amazing. And I, I would say that I, I, f- I felt very big uh, uh, in this trip, big, big, uh, you know, Kiddush Hashem, that our uh, group and everybody, lo- you know, especially the behave and, you know, talking. And then when you come here, yes, when you have lines and people cutting you and you're know, beeping and stuff like this. So this is this. I, I really feel you uh, um, basically appeal to our people. You know, this this is really big Kiddush Hashem. Another, another yeah, minute. Now let's talk about that. Let's talk about that even for a minute. Yes. When what would happen if you're waiting for a parking, or someone's waiting for a parking spot, and they're waiting, and cars want to pass? The honking that goes on, and just a simple thing. I understand why, because I live in Lakewood and I work in Brooklyn. But it could happen that if I am driving around Brooklyn for three or four days, 
it gets very frustrating. You just want to get, let's take from Flatbush, you want to get from the East 30s and you want to get to East 7th. Let's say you want to go to Landau Shul. It can take you 20 minutes when at night there's no one driving about four minutes. Or it could take you sometimes longer than that. So I tell you, from, from the 30s to the to uh, Landau, could you take 45 minutes? In the morning, yes, and I, yes. I, w- I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame it on the truck. I would say, I would say that our mayor, with his own ideas of the traffic light, basically caused a little, me- me- you know, mess about it, and this it really, you know, that it makes the people uh, angry, frustration, you know, frustrated. I, I, I myself, you know, I tell you the truth, the camp in the morning, you can, you, you lo- you're losing an hour for nothing, for nothing, just. That's right. Uh, and you know, and suddenly coming a person and just don't care about you that waiting online to turn and just cut you off. And fortunately, most of the time is not our people, but you know, unfortunately, sometimes yes, I would say, exactly. I would say to so, this, yeah. So for us to realize. When we do that, let's stop for a moment and not think about the Kiddush Hashem we're doing for others, for ourselves. What would happen if you could now prepare your time, schedule your time, knowing that it can take you 40 minutes in the morning, and you know that's the time that it is, and then it gets easier. So many times I'm working with people that are suffering from anxiety, having difficulties, and a large part is controlling time. I had it this morning. I was supposed to come into work. I came into work. I expected to have normally an hour and 20-minute ride. I expected, let's say it'll take me an extra 25 minutes. So I gave myself an hour and 45 minutes. It ended up taking me two hours and five minutes. But that extra 25 minutes threw my whole schedule off because I had to do one stop that everyone told me is going to take five minutes. And I gave myself that that stop's going to take 15 minutes. At the end, that stop took me 25 minutes. Now, a 20, so an extra 10 minutes that I didn't account for and an extra 15 minutes that I didn't account for ended up being a full 45 minutes by the time you're done with everything because that's how it goes. 15 and 10 is really 25. But once you do it in reality, coming, going, parking, this and that, everything is much later. And my whole day was off. But I happened to have been calm when I came to work because once I realized that things are so out of whack, I recognized that that is really the way it goes and I let go. And my day was very different because of that. But letting go is, and I, or the thought that I thought to myself was, wow, I'm making a Kiddush Hashem to myself. I've grown. In the past, I'd be angry. In the past, I would be frustrated with myself. In the past, I'd even be beating myself up. Don't you know what you should have done and how you should have done it? And there were changes. There were changes. And it wasn't an easy day, part of it, because of that. But the stress of that pressure, that when a person was looking to park and it took two red lights for me to get through or three red lights just because two red lights was this person trying to park slowly i wasn't honking i wasn't frustrated i already knew that things are going to be running later and this was a kiddush hashem that i felt i did to myself thanking the rabbi Shlelem and appreciating that i could be at peace i could realize it's a tense time and if i give in to that frustration or to that anger and if i don't make changes and accept certain things then i'm going to be very angry and I'm not always successful within myself. 
Now let's take it to a step further. What happens if I would be honking? What happens if we're in the store and we're trying to do ten things just before this happens, but we could realistically only do four or five? Now we're frustrated and angry. Baruch Hashem, the amount of people that are walking around the streets, it's a Kiddush Hashem. But on the other hand, you want to walk, Hilson walks from right to left, or left to right, like, don't you walk a straight line when you walk in the street? And it's very interesting how people really walk funny. They walk sideways, they go crooked, they want to see a store, they don't even bother, like, is there anyone behind me, just like cut to the right or to the left. And when the, there's a volume, you bump into people. And you know, above all, you have also the, the, the smartphone that people watching this and don't care about nothing. I, I want to tell you my, my approach to this, you know. I, I used to be, yeah. I used to be a very upset, you know, all this stuff, you know, about, you know, and I, I realized that I call it over. Everything is for good. So everything that happened, you know, right now, and I learned, I, I, I had a friend, Rabbi Nathanel, Zichon Alvacha. Mm-hmm. A very, very uh, that you know, he didn't want to drive, and he said because it's basically changing his midot. It's turn his midot. It's it could be devastating, you know, because you can fall to a, to a situation that really become angry and upset and all this stuff. So he didn't want to drive, but uh, and I, I look at this and he's so he's so right, unbelievable right about it. But I, I, I took it to myself. I said, you know, anything that happened to me is basically a call to tova. It's not, it's not, I'm, 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 I'm basically a nothing and a Kadosh Baruch running the show. And if he doesn't want me to be right now in the same, in the end of time, so it means that, I don't know, maybe, uh, prevent accident, maybe prevent, um, you know, just chas But this, that's, that's my approach. I see it. It's, everything is for good. Every time that I late, everything that I take it easy, take it easy. Many times you want, you know, somebody cutting you, and really you want to do cursing, you want to do something. I said, you know what, Nisim, I call it over. Enot milvado. This is the way, and give a smile to the person. I tell you, many times people want to cross, and the the the, the, the traffic light is it, it don't let them, you know. I stop the car, letting let them go. And when time I'm not mm-hmm. doing it, but you know, give a smile, give give a, a, a benefit, doubt of what the metzchut on other people. Even it's not they are not Jewish and all this, but you know you can see it, and it will be come back to you uh, a, a next time from other people. Yes, I would like to share with you an interesting story that just happened this morning while I was waiting, and sometimes you don't even know how Hashem helps you. So I was at one of these stops. First, I just want to announce to everyone, the number to call up to ask your question is 718-683-5858, because that is the goal that we would like to get, your questions, your comments about the mental health field. 718-683-5858. And if you'd like to text the question or, or comment, the number is 347-927-8398. 347-927-8398. So this morning when I went to one of these stops, I heard the way this company, the way the boss is speaking to an employee, and the employee backed up, botched up big time. Means they confirmed with the employee he's going to do something, he said he'll do something, and he shows up to where I'm at without doing the task. 
And then he's telling the boss, I want an Uber, I want to get to that place, and the boss is giving him his credit card. And then it comes out that the person did not do what he was supposed to do when the boss was there. And now the boss is going to have to go himself to that place, and it's about a four-hour, five-hour schlep when it was busy at the area where this boss is. And I'm listening to that. And to me, it was just a reassurance, because it just reaffirms to me that while this guy was so calm, this boss, but every business has its ups, its downs. People think this is making so much money, and this is easy, and that's easy. No. Any business, if you're doing it, will have the ups and downs, and now it's about you. How are you going to choose to deal with the ups and downs? So that was what happened. Then a couple of hours later, my wife calls me up that someone was supposed to drop something off at this place where I was, and what happened is they... They missed, they forgot two things. Two items wasn't there. And they came about four hours later, and sure enough, they were still waiting for us when they shouldn't have been there. And I ended up finding out that the reason why they waited the four hours was because this employee, when I was there, did not do what he had to do, and the boss actually had to spend the four hours. So I told my wife, wow, it's Mamish Bashar, I was there then, I got one Chizuk from the Rabbi Shalom saying every field's got its difficulties. Don't believe those lies that people think, oh, yeah, the business is so easy. And it'll just reaffirm by me that, Baruch Hashem, I've got my strengths, I've got my weaknesses, and every field has that. And it was a double bashert for me to see that literally waiting for that, for that person to come four hours later was a benefit for me. Otherwise, it would have been, it would have been harder. It would have, either way, it would have been okay, but it would have been harder. I just appreciated the, the Rabbi Nishleilon with what and how he does things. And this time I was able to appreciate that, wow, hearing someone was late, I'm thinking, wow, this company is having a difficult time. And then maybe it was just for me that my shipment or what I needed should all go easy and smooth. I was just appreciating. I'm sure Hashem's got many, many chajbainas. But to me, I took it that way, that here was, here was a type of the Rebbein is giving me without me even knowing why or knowing about it. And imagine I might not have known about it, and I wouldn't have thanked Hashem for that. Yes. So it was a double, to me it was a nice, a nice little extra like gift. Yes. Again, I'd like to share with people the number to call up is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. Okay, so we'll, oh, we'll go to uh, Mrs. M. Mrs. M, hi, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Good evening, thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. First of all, I wanted to thank you for your wonderful program, and it's made a very, very big difference to our community, and not only to our community, to outside communities as well, because it's not only Yidden that listen to this program. There's Gentiles that listen to this program as well. Anyway, what you were speaking about earlier, a a few minutes ago, about being more conscious of other people. When I go shopping... In the supermarket, me, myself, I will help the person with their groceries onto the conveyor belt. Wow, that is and, so nice. And when, when, when I see that there's a line ahead of me in the supermarket, I pop out of Tehillim and I start saying Tehillim, you know, if there's a line, do something creative with you with your time. You know, don't just stand there and say, 
oh, we have to be online, blah, blah, blah. Maybe give the person that's standing next to you a little bit of chizik. Give the person, you know, tell the cashier, especially during the Passover holiday. It's very, very stressful now on the cashiers. Tell them, you're doing a good job. We appreciate you. You know something? It's not easy for them to be racking through all of our groceries. And, you know, I I saw this myself, that some of the customers were screaming at at the cashiers, oh, you didn't put this on the conveyor belt, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. They don't know. They're not Jewish. You know, tell them in a nice way that, you know, this is the way we do it. You probably didn't know. This is the way we do it. But they don't have to do it because it's it, they're not Jewish. They don't understand this. But a mm-hmm. thank you goes a very, very long way. Thank you for packing my bags. You could tell them, you know, have a wonderful day. Something simple wow. like that. It goes a very, very long way. You know, people have to understand thank you is something that should be said more often. And especially now, during the crunch time, in the supermarkets, it could get a little bit hectic. Everybody should remember to say thank you. What about we appreciate ourselves for people listening, just to look at what you did today and just saying, wow, I did so much. Absolutely. Listen, a day, I I tell this to everybody, a day... That's not giving is not worth living. Yeah. That's my motto. Excellent. I always walk around making my pocketbook with tissues and candies. Why? Somebody has a dry throat, I will give them a candy. Somebody's nose is, is, is running, I'll give them a tissue. But that's who I am. Excellent. So I want to thank you for calling and sharing this concept. And for everyone listening, this is a great lesson that when you see someone, help them, be with them. Care for them, give them a tissue. Excellent. I appreciate that. Have a that. hot kosher v'sameach, and everybody don't get stressed out about Pesach. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And again, share with everyone the number to call up is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Now, I'd like to get your questions or your comments. Please, we're looking forward. You want to all, you have to text some text? Yeah, so we'll go ahead and take some text. And it's like this. I talk upon myself not to get angry at school buses in the morning, because for all I know, my kids are on the bus. So true. Yeah. <laughs> Here's another message. Hi, thanks for everything you do for the Qual. I was blown away by your Kolmavasa program. The man is a true Kiddush Hashem and so humble, too. Let's just share with everyone what has happened. So I do Matzah Shabbos, a program in Yiddish, where men ask questions in Yiddish, and the women can text their message or their feedback, but the men ask the question. And we had a person that called up, and he shared that his wife has schizophrenia, and that's something that there is in Yisrael, a small percentage, but it's still there, and I've maybe gotten one other call, but no one to say it's his wife. And schizophrenia, as he shared it, is that his wife literally sees a person that's not there, and she can hear that person talking, and he shared that at times she can even be on a plane and see the person on the plane with her. 
And I was asking questions, do any of his kids have it? And he said no, because people was worried about genetic, genetic. No, none of his kids have it. Then we asked, where he's, was he able to make Shaduchim? And he said, yes, he made excellent Shaduchim, and the kids are all very happy. And he said, in fact, his kids are even better than other kids because they're mature. They're not so young. Now, what he further shared was that he didn't keep it a secret. What he said was that when he had a hard time, he would discuss it. And he would say his wife was a little weak. His wife would go out with friends and tell him, take her out. He didn't hide her. He says, and at times, when it got worse, so she would sometimes go to the room and talk to herself. But she really tried to control herself. And he says, yes, several times she wasn't in the hospital. But what pulled him through was being positive and always building up his kids. And what pulled his kids through was he never criticized them. He was always understanding. He always says, you'll pull through. It's okay. We all make mistakes. We're all good. The positivity in his voice is amazing. And this is what this person is sharing. I walked away so inspired. And that level was amazing. Uh, I, to me, it was a Kiddush Hashem. Now let's continue with this person's message. Now to my question. I am really trying to keep things calm and happy at home. And in general, that's the atmosphere in the house. How can I stay calm, though, if my wonderful husband... I'm just trying. How can I stay calm, though, if my wonderful husband is so fast, is so last minute, that I don't remind him about his needs, they won't get done? Never mind mine. Should I surrender and be grateful for anything that does not get done, even if he arrives on Yantiv with a dirty tzitzis or without his suit that he's still planning to buy? Thanks so much. I would really like to take this question, but it is so complicated. You're asking a black and white question to a question, as you know, that we work on always takes always a lot. What's going on? What's your feelings? What's his feelings? What are his strengths? Do you appreciate his strengths? Yeah, what's the big deal if he didn't get himself a suit and his sisters will be dirty? That's who he is. He's happy with himself. Can you focus on his strengths instead of the weaknesses? And maybe you don't get stuff, but can you focus on what you do get? How many people have stuff from their spouses, but there's no emotions and they got nothing? Oh, the spouse is very controlling that they have so much, but everything that they have is exactly the way the spouse wants it. They can't breathe. And a large part of that we deal with therapy with a spouse like you is, A, how to set certain boundaries with your, with your spouse, let's say your husband in your case, but more importantly, how to find inner peace. There's a very big difference if the husband is abusive. Very different if the husband's bills and credit cards are bouncing and canceling and you can't get into, you can't pay grocery bills. That's very different. But a husband that doesn't get around to do things, I know it's very frustrating for the family or that could be very late, but there are choices that you can make. And one of the biggest choices is to start recognizing and appreciating how positive, how good, how kind he is and all the greatness that you have in life. When you start comparing yourself to others, this one has this and that one has that, yep, I know how to do all that. We all know how to do that. But it's going to lead you down a depressive state. Okay, Mordechai, I guess I was uh, involved with uh, quite a few phone, uh, phone uh, calls. And we, we remember the question about the lady that uh, after the, she has like depression after the birth, give her birth. 
Yeah. And we said that it's very normal. And she yeah. wanted a little bit clarify about it, you know, because she feels like that is it possible she can be happy and be sad together and... Uh, yes, I remember what we said is it's normal. I still wasn't giving her diagnosis. I can't say if it's normal or not based on, like, to tell you do have something or you don't. We're just saying these feelings are normal. If they're stronger, then seek more professional. I just want to be clear. I was very neutral saying that these feelings are normal. To say what she really has or what diagnosis, if not or yes, that's something else. I would never do that on air. Okay, so... So she would like to call up. No, she she doesn't want to talk about uh, on the air. Uh, but uh, again, I just the, she she uh, the question. Their question is: Is it possible she can be and one time happy and one time sad or the, uh, you know? I would uh, like depressed? to take this away from her, someone that had a baby, because I don't want to answer her question. Let's okay. take it to a no, or a regular person. I, I a regular I, person, it's very normal that you can be. Sometimes. Good, let's talk about that. That's I am not talking about a woman that gave okay. birth. No, I feel okay. they're trying to use us as a diagnostician. That's I don't do that. No. Let's change the story. Okay. Can a 30-year-old man or woman have a happy feeling and a sad moment? Can a 16-year-old bachelor or teenage girl have a happy feeling and a sad feeling at the same time? Can a 70-year-old man or woman have a happy feeling and a sad feeling at the same time? That's what I'm going to discuss. Great. <laughs> Because, yes. I so really don't... want to get a free diagnosis here. And I don't mind if they want to get a free diagnosis. But how can I do that if I don't know them, see them, speak to everyone? This is an awareness-based program. So the awareness is, can you have a happy and a sad moment at the same time? I would like to share with you, yes. And while me and you know it, and this is many, many of our listeners, I say many, many people don't know that. And maybe our listeners are now educated consumers But the people around them don't know that, and it's important for them to share it with them. That means you can have a happy feeling about something and a sad feeling at the same time. It's possible to have that. Yes, it is. That means you can get a business deal and then feel bad for someone, the other person that really wanted to get it, or your best friend was another broker. I have a friend of mine that's a broker in real estate. And he's done a nice deal, but he told me a little bit felt bad because the person competing was another broker, and that person needs the Parnassa. He said, but this is my Parnassa. I can't give away deals. So he said, I gave him some money, but I can't give away a deal. So he says, here, I'm thrilled I made a deal, but on the other hand, I felt bad. Yes, that is normal. It's very normal. Now, if, yeah, and this happens at 16-year-old. Sometimes you have boys competing. That, let's take in the sports. You have competition. Two teams. Good friends. Brothers on the opposite teams. You have that many times. When you're competing, you've got to go for your best. And you've got to appreciate your win. Are you also allowed to feel bad for someone that didn't win? Yes. Are you also able to recognize that when you won, it's possible that that guy could have won and you would have been the losing team? Yes. And that's humbling. That also prevents you from being such a Valgaiva. Yeah. <laughs> so this is really very normal, all this situation. Exactly. So now to the person that if you're calling up two weeks later, you're still concerned? My response to you is now seek a professional help. That's my advice to you. And we're still... You can still schedule an appointment by a professional and get evaluated. And I'll tell you, go back to the doctor. They have a simple chart that they'll ask you questions. Very simple.
Every doctor that, that helps, you know, have the babies, they will have a question to ask. You don't even, you can make an appointment right away, call up tomorrow morning, just say, I need to see the doctor, and whatever you're feeling, discuss it with the doctor, and the doctor will tell you what's going on. That is my advice to you in particular. It doesn't cost you much. Your insurance covers it. It's a five-minute appointment with your doctor, and everything can be straightened out there. Instead of worrying, it's a couple of weeks since that call, I think. That's what I told. I told exactly what I said. If you call again, it means that something worries you, and it's not simple. I really was uh, uh, exactly the same uh, situation. I said maybe somebody from the family pressure, or maybe you know the husband, or this is you know the, why you looking like this, why this, you know. Some, sometimes you know outside remark can make the pe- the person feel very bad and doubt about himself. This is something it's also exactly. possible. Uh, Mordechai, uh, let's, uh, one second, 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858, or text us 347-927-8398, 347-927-8398. Uh, we, we continue the, the, the conversation, uh, what you started at the Kedush Hashem, and I would say, yeah. I would like to take it to a different level. I'm talking about the Lela Seder with your guest. Or you as a guest. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Say it again. What happens with the guest? You know, let's, let's say that you're coming to a, a house and, you know, you're starting uh, and you don't feel that, you know, that they're doing exactly what you learn or what you, what you tradition. Or the opposite, you know. You're coming and uh, you, you're leading the seder as, as your, your tradition and suddenly you have guests. That said, oh, this is not what you're doing, or that's you're doing it differently, or stuff like this, you know. Um, this is one issue. The other issue is talking about general behavior, you know, in the houses that you are, it's not, it's not your house. Yes. So let's go ahead and let's first start with the first one, because that's a great concept. What happens when there are different menhagim going on? I'd like to share with you some of that, that I've done a question and answer yesterday, where someone told me they're in therapy and they're doing great, and then all of a sudden, after Purim, half the house was clean already, and then they got all stressed, and now they can't get regulated, and they're yelling and shouting, and just people talking at a low level three, like 10 is the highest, they feel like it's a 10, and they're so frustrated. What should they do when the therapist is doing crisis management? And I was saying, rush, 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 rush. And take medication, (laughs) because the memories that we're going to be creating for our children, unfortunately, is anger, frustration, screaming, tension. When when I hear people going off the derech, one of the big issues, not blaming it all on parents' house show, we're not doing that, but one of the big issues are the house was stressed, the house was angry, the way you brought in a yantiv, the way you dealt with, with kedusha was a davening, was tension, was anger, was frustrating. They go, if this is what holiness is, anger, yelling, screaming, and they don't feel or experience the holiness, the beauty, then there's going to be a problem. So I recently spoke to a Rav for a client. Not about this subject. I didn't share this with a question and answer. But this Rav told me, and he's from the Kehillah, so I don't want to go into which one, but they're very machmer that you should not be... Um, 
eating, let's say, different families in Pesach. You should be mocked that everything that you eat, you know where you get it from, and they really do not eat a thing. So they're making their own drinks, their own juices. The matzahs, even the matzahs, they bake it at their chabura, and then they eat their matzahs. Everything is done by them. They even have a private shaykhet, which comes down as chefs for the entire family. They're really extremely machmar on all this. And the Rav tells me that someone in, in this kahila that he's very close, he knows very well, the wife is not doing physically well. It means they have a medical condition. And he told this, this husband, I'm not going to the age, I'm not saying if they're a young couple, I'm not saying if they've got kids, I'm not saying if they've got married kids. He told this person, this year, your mitzvah to do the biggest chumrah is to buy everything. Don't ask your parents or your in-laws. They're going to be willing to give you food, but it's going to be hard on them. You right now aren't sharing with everyone the medical condition that's going on. What I'm telling you is buy. And he tells me the person was shocked. He told me, you? How could you tell me to buy? You know how important it is? And he says, of course I know how important it is. He says, I'll tell you which store we know we can trust. And we know they do their best and they're from and they're out. And maybe you'll be there when they're doing the stuff. We can work on that. However, this year, the mitzvah is this way. And, this, and the way the dying told me that the person was so shocked. But he says, the Kiddush Hashem that this person feels now is so powerful. What do you say to this? I, I just, uh, you know, that's, again, I'm, I'm just a little bit involved here with uh, some text here. Uh, yeah. You know, the whole idea is to bring us the Neshama. You know, that's something that really, with, with happiness, and it's not stamp when they said, uh, all our sages, that Besimcha, the Torah said, after Hashem b'simcha, you know, with happiness, with with all the will, and if it's become with anger, with with um, uh, you know force, you, we cannot get nothing. Basically, we are losing our children, we're losing ourselves. We just coming out and do you, you know? I know, I know myself. I know myself that I change a lot. I, I hopefully, Baruch Hashem, and I know that uh, when it was time in the beginning, you know, just you're trying to do the best things. And it's come as 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 a very, I would say, uh, angry person. And even yeah. if you want, if you you mean good, you mean to do something good, but the result, the end result, has become that you sound very angry. And yeah. it's not it's not easy. And I'm telling you, it's not easy, especially a person like uh, like me that uh, I was a very uh, you know. Angry person, and I, I, it's, I, it's working. It's working, and it's workable. And you can do think about it and think about it. Sometimes, you know, I used to be very uh, when I starting doing kiddush uh, in Shabbat, and see that in the, uh, you know around you is not so put attention. I was a little bit upset, and sometimes not mo- more than a little bit upset. But today I know that if I want to, to basically to, to reach to my children, to reach to the people uh, around me in the Kiddush, is to come and basically to give my insight to the blessing and to be mitkaven for myself and the other and not look around. 
and give the doubt that people are listening. And one day, I would call in Ibu, a Simone Paul, you know, the token will fall in and will do the, the, the job. And yeah. I, I think, I think that's, that's, it's very, it's, this is very important to all of us that are running our, our parents, especially parents. And children, are we talking to the children to be patient, you know, and understand, trying to understand, uh, to where is it coming from? And where, where, when you're coming to, to be a host or guest, be a little bit patient and, I tell you, for example, when I, I tell you for myself, when I'm doing Kiddush in Shabbat, my Kiddush is quite long. It could be take to 20 minutes. Why? <laughs> and I, I tell my guest, uh, if you want, we can cut it out or sit aside and wait. You don't have to be participate. You can do it, whatever, you know. If you want to listen what I'm doing, what I'm saying, what we, what we're praying together, it will be okay. If you don't want, you can sit aside, you can go to the living room and wait. And that's what I'm, before I started everything. And then I know that I prevent for myself and the other aggravation and all this stuff. And uh, for example, I try to explain each step for in the seder. What we're doing, we're doing like this. We're trying to explain each step by each step. We're doing this stuff, uh, and how we, how as my grandparents used to do it, how my father and all this stuff, and bringing a few different agadot of you know Sephardic, Ashkenaz, you know, uh, that you know from my Magid Duvna, from Aral, from Benishchai, all this stuff, and discuss this this kind of tradition. We have, for example, the tradition that carried a fikuman in our shoulders like the matzot and stuff like this and running around it and bringing it around the tables and we explain it I think this is a make it's create a better atmosphere and diffuse the tension of people that coming to you with a negative approach from the beginning yes yes exactly and that is where the positive messages come in and that's where kids have the experience. I want to be from. Look at the connection. Look how beautiful it is. And at different ages and at different time, we will do what no, the older kids will appreciate the kiddush that you make, would appreciate the tvatars. The younger kids, they can handle a little, good. And when they want to finish, good, they'll finish. But each one has their choice, but you're creating the level of kedusha, and it's not forced or shoved, but it is done in a way that we're still doing that. Yes. Yeah, someone actually sent a cute message. I thought it was cute at least. Just a positive. My three-and-a-half-year-old always cries for every little thing. I asked her today, why are you crying? She answered, because it's my age. She really (laughs) taught me the lesson that you are always strong with it's age-appropriate. Yeah, it's normal. (laughs) <laughs> this is cute. <laughs> yeah, the three and a half. Like, why are you crying? Because it's my age. Uh, we got. I, I sent you some texts from. Um, from I know. Pers- I don't understand them. Maybe I'll read them, and maybe together we can figure okay, them because out. Because it, 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 that's a viewer, the one guy that we view us right now. And, okay. Uh, okay see, so. I got my. Li- I never got my license because of what you're talking about. 
Do you think it's frustrating because it's unnatural for mankind to use the means that we do today? I don't know what that means. Every good step will bring Mashiach. It is close to the time. Like, what are these questions? I'm not getting it. Uh, I, I tell you, I, I think it's, it's only comment. Uh, just a uh, uh, comment. It's not, uh, I don't think it's a question. Oh, these are comments. Yeah. These comments, yeah. Yeah, so do you think it's frust- do you think it's frustrating because it's unnatural for mankind to use the means that we do today? I think what you might be saying is that Bahsham, due to technology, life has gotten so much easier. I mean, I, you drive in from one place to another, you can go 60, 70, 80 miles per hour, and it's a rude, it's, it's smooth pass, and in the winter we have heating coming in the car, and in the, and in the summer you've got air conditioning. You bet that's a tremendous upgrade from the horse and buggy, or not even having a horse and buggy and having to get anywhere. Sure, those are the benefits. The downsides are we don't have the issue of a das. We want to do so much at once. Technology moves so fast. But then when we are busy with our, let's say, driving, getting from one place to another, then it gets so frustrating. That honk is there for safety measures and to inform someone that you're getting too close, it could be dangerous, not as a way to vent frustration. So every strength can have a weakness. So do I believe technology is the blame for this? No, I believe it's once again us humans that we need to learn. The Rebbe has given us the Nisayan that we've got to learn how to balance the new levels. And just like for the Internet, those that need it or have it, it's important to have a filter. The same is for us that we're dealing with technology. It's important for us to learn how to deal with the technology. I think that uh, the, we're touching the, the technology. I was I was in the other phone. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's it's very important to understand that if if you cannot fight it, you have to join it. And to understand this, it's very important that we are fit there, we have to join it. But something that's a very... Uh, it's as as good things and bad things, it's like everything in life. And the proportion that we are... I, I, think, I think that it has to be take, taken in proportion, the right proportion. And I think that in the next five years, nobody will have... Anymore, this kind of regular phone, and I would say most of our bills running through the emails and through the online's checkbooks is all, all almost obsolete now. And uh, this thing that our children has to be facing, you know, and if we don't build that trust and build them the confidence to use these tools, tools, I think we are we are we are doing wrong for our next generation. Yes, and it's important for, again, each kahilo along their lines. There are people that are able to. I have a very good friend of mine that he is a Revy, and he refuses to get a smartphone. He says, I have a regular phone. He has no technology like the computer or the Internet in his house. His wife, he's a Revy, and his wife works in a school, or they have like the, a kiosk like where when they need to use the Internet, they do that, but they don't bring it in the house. And I respect that as well. So there are those I could see in five years from now. They'll continue to be this way, Merit Hashem. I, I, I know what. They acknowledge it, and they're using it. And they're, they're going to a kiosk. It's, and it's not enemy. It's, it's recognizing how to deal with it and to respect everyone, but still knowing themselves and knowing what they want. Uh, you know what? I, I, I don't have internet in my house. I tell you the truth. I don't have internet. Yeah. But I have internet through the phone. And is again also very limit, very this. I know that I reach a point that my daughter right now she's doing the the master, 
and she has she she had she need the internet. It's part of of you know the all the curriculum. Yeah, going to college, and, a tremendous yes. yes. There's a and, lot. Uh, you, you know, need to so do research then, papers handing in. Yeah. And it's it's like uh, sending the reports and getting getting materials, all this stuff. And it's very important to understand that. But you build a trust. I I don't I don't uh, running to to put internet in my house, and and I know that my children the the my my young ones has a cell phones, uh, not internet, and they but yes. When they need to use the internet, they can use it uh, in, in my phone in a very limit. And I would say that uh, I, I think that I build trust with them. I build yeah. it, the, the, the idea that I, I told them if, if I find you doing stupid things, forget about anything, you know, forget about using my, my phone, using my um, stuff. Uh, but I, I, you know, this is something important, and you have to, to, to. I would say I call it immunization. Yeah. To to give the kids some kind of uh confidence that they can trust them, they can trust them, and you can build the the right path with them. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful, and it's important for children and us for us adults to recognize that we, Merit Hashem, do need to build on our strengths. We do need to build on our children's strengths. We do need to trust them on some level. That means that we need to trust them to start learning to make mistakes, and we will be there. And not to knock them when they make a mistake. That's uh, very important. We all do mistakes. That's right. Part of the part of the parent skill, part of teaching children is, as they're younger, we're holding on to them every step of the way, and then as they get older, we gotta let go and hope that they know things, hope that they'll learn things, but also they know they could come to us for help if there's a problem. And then we send them to school most of the day. Then when the kid's older and, you know, you could teach them safety and they'll be okay, you send them to camp. Then they come back, and that's how we build the trust. Then the boys will go to, uh, some of them will go to a sleepaway yeshiva. But you're building the trust that they're able to succeed when they're around you. And when they're not around you, that now when the age appropriate to go to the next level, we can trust them to do that. And this is important. So as you're saying how you work with your kids, teaching them trust, now you're teaching them, teaching them the next level of trust on how to be healthy, how to be successful, how to be integral within yourself and with others, to work with others, whatever is needed, to be able to trust that when, you, when you do, you're supposed to do something, you do it. If you're not supposed to do something, you won't do that. This builds up trust. Integrity is what you do on your own. If you go to Davin Shachros, Mincha and no one is around, but you're doing it for yourself, no one knows which, which minion you go to, that's for yourself. If you can't make it to minion, but are you davening? I'm not here to get into the yes or no, right or wrong, just, just stating. But the person that will daven the three times a day, even if people aren't looking, that's integrity. And that needs to be taught by us parents. That needs to be taught by us, the people that are validating and saying, yes, you can do it. We believe in you. That is what's important. 
and we can create that in our children. We can teach it to them by us living by that, by us doing it. But how many times if there's a place that you find yourself weak in? Now, it's, I wouldn't tell you don't teach it to the children. You'd want to still teach it to them. Or no, they can do it, but you still want to focus on and within yourself. That you grow within yourself, and then we can see others change and others grow. The focus is going to be you. Yes. Well, you know what? It seems like everybody is now on the line of um, the supermarket and <laughs> spending yeah, the time. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> That's it. And just share with everyone who would like to ask the question again, number 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. Or if you want to text your question or your comment, the number is 347-927-8398. 347 8398. And again, very, very important for us to be aware that us, the parents, we create the mood of the Yantif. We create the mood of the Seder. We create the mood of the children, how they're interacting and how they're going to get along with everyone. That is our job as the parents, and we can do it. We can set the mood with our spouse. Are we going to respect them, or are we going to be saying, you know how my father ran the Seder? We still hear that today. Oh, you're doing this? My brother does that. Or then how about the husband does it to the wife? You only did this. You know, my mother does this and this and this. My sisters do that and that and that. You're married for 25 years. Become one. Start recognizing your strength. Start recognizing your wife's strength. Start recognizing your weaknesses. Start recognizing your wife's weaknesses. Start respecting and focusing on your wife's strengths and recognize she's human so she'll have a weakness. Start focusing on your husband's strengths and recognizing he will have a weakness. And if you think about it that way, then you'll say, yes, maybe my husband doesn't do what my father did on this way, but I would like you to name three places where your husband does something that your father didn't do that you appreciate and you like. And part of the marriage concept is about learning to adjust to each other and learning to value and understanding that different does not mean it's bad. Different does not mean that it's not good anymore. Different just means it's different than what I saw. And when a couple gets married, even though people can be so similar, but certain things will be different. And how you'll be calm and at ease and at peace with that makes a big difference. You've just sent me a message on this, and I'll read it. Good evening. I just want to take the time to thank you both for doing this show in such a hectic time. I'm sure you both have a ton of things to do, and you give selflessly of your time and offer inspiration for us cleaning back home. Thank you very much. And I appreciate this message. Thank you. It's nice to get an appreciation message. Yes. So what would you say about when people, especially when it comes to couples, where let's say the father, because the father is so much older, or the mother is so much older, there's more wisdom. And now when a husband would compare his wife to his mother or a wife would compare her husband to her father, what would you say to that? I'm out. Give me, we'll take Mrs. G, okay? Okay, let's go to Mrs. G. Welcome to the program. Yeah, hi. Um, first of all, I want to thank you so much. I wish you a Kushram Pesach. You're welcome, and thank you for calling in. Yeah, and my pleasure, and thank you for the center as well at the same time. Um, oh, wow. For all that you do behind the scenes, yeah. I'm, yeah, there's yet, a lot but, that um, yeah. goes on behind the scenes, yes. Yeah, I haven't actually met you, but I do appreciate all that you do. 
Um, uh, can I just ask you a question? We're talking about, like, you know, especially before Pesach, when there's way, way more triggers and more yomtev, and there's yomtev shopping, and there's so much to do. As much as I'm aware of, like, you know, being with the kids and validating them and, and you know, no shop, whatever, with the, somehow, I feel that I sometimes lose it. And every time well, I lose it, it bothers me. Well, how can you allow yourself to know that first you're normal and you're human? And you're going to work on that. It shouldn't happen. And you would start learning prompts. That's what they do in cognitive behavioral therapy. And that is, we help you start noticing when are you getting more stressed, what's happening. I just spoke to someone today which had a cute, similar story. They're very stressed because they committed to meet some people. But then something changed in their schedule. And now they feel trapped. They have to meet those people because they told them they'll meet them. But then... Does something change in their schedule? So what are they going to do? And the answer was once she was able to focus on what she needs to do, once she had to focus on what is going on in her life, she called up those people and said, look, something has changed in my schedule. Are you able to, it's okay, and the person said, it's wonderful, no problem. This happens all the time. So what happens is, if we don't recognize the stress level is going up, then you're going to shout. For me to tell you you're never going to get nervous, that's not realistic. But to say that you can get to a level where you're not going to scream once a year, that is possible to say. But for that, you need to start but recognizing what's is going it healthy? on. Is it, yeah. is it a healthy, I mean, does it make sense, obviously, to do like 80, 80% positive and 20%, you know, is well, wouldn't you like to good? calm down 20% down to 5%? For sure, for sure, 1,000%. Great. So why don't you focus easy. on that? I don't like yeah. when people say 100%. 100% right. is not healthy. That's, again, perfectionist. What we can say right. is you can do your best. You will learn the skills. If you're getting nervous now and you find yourself screaming, what you can do at the end of the day is, okay, let me write down, why did I scream? Oh, I had too many tasks I want to do at once. Or my kid asks for something when I know I should be giving them more time. Or maybe I didn't have my older kids or maybe I didn't have my husband help out. And now everything fell on me and I can't do all the tasks and take care of the kids. So, or, or when I do these tasks, I'm nervous. But if the kids aren't there, then I can remain calm. But if the kids are there and I do these tasks, I get nervous. So first you identified why and what's going on. The next step is how are you going to start preparing for it, which is, okay, next I have to start doing things, and now my kids are home. I call up my husband or I tell the other ones, it's either you take the kids or I take the kids, but then these things won't get done. And I promise you nothing will happen if things do not get done. That's part of the control. The Stress to Inner Peace Workshop message is going to be happening after Pesach. It's all about letting go. As I shared at the beginning of this program, I had a lot to do this morning, and the Rabbi Islam had timings and things to just go very different than I expected, and I had to let go. We had to rearrange, and, and the office staff worked with me to rearrange the schedule, and one or two things did not happen that was really supposed to happen. It was important for me. Yeah, that makes and my schedule sense. tomorrow will be different. Go. What? Yeah, I like what you said about lists and all that. It doesn't have to be... You don't have to complete this. I, I really to like go. that. I had plans for tomorrow. My entire yeah. plans changed. I am coming into Brooklyn when I was not supposed to, but my goal was to stay calm. So I had to make a choice right. at a certain time when I, when things were running out 45 minutes late, 
if I do this, I could make everything work, but I will be inside stress, or I am going to have a very different day tomorrow than I expected, but I will be calm today, and I will be calm tomorrow, but tomorrow will be a drop more tense. So from a one to I'm ten, saying as a mother, yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. I had to make the decision. If I would have pushed everything right. in for today, I would have got everything done. But my tension level would have been a seven, eight, nine. And maybe mm-hmm. if something would have really ticked me off, because I don't know what would ha- what can happen in the day or something very overwhelming, it might have even gotten to a ten. Instead, mm-hmm. I made the choice to be calm, or let's say to be tense, only a two, to be calm an eight, nine. And tomorrow I might be tens of three or a two again compared to a zero that I expected, but my positivity will still be tomorrow at that eight, nine, ten. So that is what mm-hmm. you do in cognitive therapy. Cognitive therapies, we have you be aware. Why are you stressed? What are the tension? And all this we have in the workshop, what is the control aspect? What do you need for it to happen? There's a worksheet that you're going to have as we do each workshop. Right. We gain information um, and we put that in the worksheet. And this would is you, what would I've you, made. Would, yeah. yeah. Would, you, would people take, should people take it if they're in therapy as well? Of course. This will help speed oh. up the whole therapy process. You'll have mm-hmm, more. Mm-hmm, you'll mm-hmm. Have the, we always tell it to everyone. It's not in the place of therapy. We always have people calling up on this, right? We always discuss it every time. Should I go therapy or should I take a workshop? I tell them, of course you go for therapy. Should I go for therapy or should I read a book? Of course you go for therapy. Right. No, I'm saying workshop if you're doing intensive you therapy, you also need, yes. Is it give you information that the therapist might not share with you because when a person comes into therapy, you're discussing your specific issue, what you specifically Mm -hmm. need. And that's why, let's say, the DBT, the dialectical behavioral therapy, they have two separate things. They have a group where it teaches you skills, and they have one-on-one, which teaches you how to apply the skills. So sometimes with your one-on-one therapist, you might spend three sessions on one skill, but while you are taking the other, while you're doing the groups, you've already learned seven or eight more skills. And then you might find skill number seven could help your skill number one. And now it'll Mm -hmm. go easier, but your one-on-one therapist can't teach you seven skills if you're still stuck not getting the first one. That is the workshop. The workshop is we teach you skills. We give you the information. It will very likely help your therapy process. It will very likely save you months of therapy process. But it's not in the place of therapy. A group workshop is groups. I'm not detailing it to one-on-one. I'm not saying you need this first and that second. I'm teaching you a whole bunch of information. Because the other workshop, you weren't so approving of everyone doing it. But this, I am never can approving go hand of in everyone hand. doing it. Yes, this I believe, right. Well, also, the last workshop was about personality disorders and complicated people. That yeah, 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 yeah. But I was told that it's better not. Mm hmm. Yeah. This is about stress. Who doesn't right, have right. stress? This is learning stress. I had stress this morning. I could have made a choice that would have gotten me angry or frustrated or even get anxiety. I don't think I'll have anxiety at this point. It'll take a while for it to happen. But I was able to make choices that weren't comfortable choices. They weren't choices that I wanted. I did not want to drive into Brooklyn tomorrow. I didn't. But based on mm-hmm. the choices, my goal is to be calm. My goal is to be happy. Mm-hmm. My goal is to come home and to smile and say my day was great, Baruch Hashem. But if that's my goal for today and that's my goal for tomorrow, then we've, we make choices in the moment. 
Sure, sometimes you can, your goal can be to be positive and to be calm, yeah? But sometimes the kids can take you on a ride. You know what I mean? They you don't need listen to learn skills. You say it once, no, you say it twice, you say it three times. Kids are not meant to take you on a ride. Then not on a real skills. ride, but if you listen to them three, four, five times till they, you know, get undressed or put on PJs, you know what I mean? So, yeah, so in the beginning you can be at a calm is, state. Let me ask you, are you doing other things while you're getting them into PJs? No, they're Very big enough to get yes. into PJs on their own. No. Sometimes I just, you know, give instructions. They're big enough. Right. But let's say they're big enough and kids are being kids, which is delegating. But you gave yourself other tasks that you have to do at the same time. So now, so what, you when do your stand kids are being nothing? kids, what? Right. You should stand and no. do nothing? At times, you, yeah, that's part of it. At times, you have to just, oh, now the kids are off for school. Now it's going to be a harder time. So, yes, I can't put, put plans in when it's bedtime. When there's structure, there's school, everything's in its place, yes, then I can do other tasks. Yeah, it's about understanding the situation and making the choices. Yeah, if it's going to be Pesach time where you're going to be sleeping, going to sleep late because of the storm run late, and then the kids wake up late, and then it's not the regular food, and then you're away from places, yes, they're going to be more stressed. That means you're going to do less tasks. That means you're going to do more self-care. How are you going to take care of yourself to stay calmer? That is going to be your thoughts. What do I need for me to stay calm? I know someone else that told me they had a very stressful day the last couple of days before Yantif, and one person said they took their kids, they sent me a message, they took their kids swimming. There was so much to be done. Imagine the week of Pesach, and for two hours a day, and they took, it was a woman, she said she took her two daughters swimming Sunday. Wow. And those two hours changed the entire mood of the Sunday, of the Sunday night, and of the whole day today. Could you imagine? Are you planning? The, the, Oh, yes. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, it's amazing. Are you so planning you to do the parenting? That time, you know, yeah. hold on one second. Can you understand, not just for you, for all those listening, that taking a two-hour break, or this, and you can relate to this, sometimes we would think taking a vacation, taking a break of two hours is crazy. You don't have enough time. It doesn't make logical sense. And now you're going to take a break? And the answer is that once you take that break, you're calm, you're focused, you might see that you don't need that much time to complete the tasks. You might see that you complete the tasks. It will need that much time, but it will be done happier. You might do it the next day, but everything changes from there. So please understand to mm -hmm. everyone that when we're yelling, when we're screaming, it's to start identifying why. Are we doing too much? Is there a greater expectation that we can? Is there a controlling aspect? Is there a voice in the background telling you that that's what you need to do? Each of these questions are in the workshop and on the worksheet how to follow it and then how to make the changes and the different skills on how to think differently. And that's what the workshop's about, how to avoid stress, to have inner peace, and especially that stress should not develop into anxiety. And if you have anxiety, then how to deal with it, because these are the skills, the professional skills that will help you out, Mr. Shep. Right, right. Okay, then, when are you, just one more question, when are you, make, are you doing the parenting? The parenting, Mr. is going to be after the summer. We're going to have the parenting and the teacher's training workshop right after the summer. Mm -hmm. Okay, I looking know in the forward. past we used to do it during Pesach, right after Pesach, but I would like to really do it at the beginning of the year because I felt that that is the right time to be able to help the family, like start the year, start the school year with the parents right. having the skills, how to do the behaviors, how to give the love, how to build up the self-esteem in children and in teenagers. We can do that.
Mm-hmm. 100%. It takes work. Yes, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. You're very also. welcome. Thank you. And uh, we... Okay. Yeah. Shall we take... I would like to thank... Yes, what would you like? Uh, okay, one one call because she's waiting a long time. You know? Oh, yes. I okay, know that sure, everybody will get up, uh, uh, return from the shopping right now. So yeah, we got it looks like that. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. So let's yeah. take, let's, Mrs. P. Hi. Hi. Yes, hello. Hi, good evening. First, I want to say thank you for your line. It's really amazing. We really appreciate You're it. You're welcome. I have a different question here. Maybe you can make awareness for people. What do you suggest? But I'm nervous and you would like it. The parents that are too calm to their children... They, they take things as it is, relaxing, no pressure. Whatever we do, we do. Whatever we don't do, we don't do. We don't go to a spooky place. Yantav is not like... Can we make try to try to tell these parents that they're also healthy? You mean that there should be a balance, that someone that's not putting in the Kedusha, the holiness into a Yantav, someone that's not saying, okay, let's get involved and let's help out. No, like meaning we should like people that parents that are not so stressed about it, not so nervous, they scream less. They don't know, or they don't even know how to scream. It's just they, for them, it's like because before the first call, before caller, she was saying that she feels like a little bit too overwhelming for her. Like I would try to want to try to make him awareness to people, people that are calm, that they're considered healthy also. Yes, let's. Oh, that's simple. If you're calm, you are normal. You're healthy. That's how it's supposed to be. That is actually, you say, a Kiddush Hashem, if that's the way you are. You can start being that Semel. You can start being that Dugma. You can start being that lighthouse for people to know this is who I can be like. Yes. It's very, it looks, for me, it looks like it's more uh, healthy to be calm. Right. Uh, Thank you for creating that awareness. Uh, Mordechai, let's jump. I just, <laughs> the question if it's coming from because it's cold or, you know, could be that it's a little bit cold. And meaning is no feeling. No. No. Why should it? Why should? Why should it be like that? What? No, we're talking about normal people that have feelings to children, have feelings to life, have feelings to everything, but they don't have this pierce, this strong peer pressure. Like, mm. oh my gosh, I have to finish beautiful. the whole house in six days. Beautiful. And it's beautiful. I'm going to read a couple of messages that we got here, similar to what you're saying. Someone just shared as follows. Uh, to me on my personal message of as busy as it is now Erev Pesach I make sure every single day to give myself 15 minutes of self time and after that I feel renewed beautiful this is exactly what we're talking about very important very important yes here is here is another one this Erev Pesach is so calming and exciting even if I'm managing everything alone without my husband's involvement he has OCD and anxiety issues especially linked to Pesach so he is completely out of the picture because he cannot handle it. It means I cannot do all the chumras because I'm disabled and have little kayak. But it's okay. It's calm. And the last Matzah Shabbos recording took away the last bit of the anxiety, which was this person again that shared how over, how, how there was Yantiv where his wife was in the hospital, Pesach, and this guy, the wife, a little schizophrenic. Wow. 
I yelled at my daughter for putting the Passover stuff in the Chametz cabinet. That's not so important. Is, the, is it Chametz Gummer? No. I'm opting for plastic backers for the kids and, flat, and fancy plastic cutlery. So if it falls down, it's okay. I hope my kids won't have the anxiety about Yomtev that me and my husband are still dealing with. A sweet reminder about how awareness is a huge key and slowly shifts everyone. My cleaning lady said that lately people ask her to use toothpicks only on the fridge where there's oh real comments and not in bedroom closets. It's definitely to your credit. And hopefully, Bezos Hashem Yisbarach, we will stop using toothpicks in general. <laughs> it's going to be easier. Toothpicks are meant to be used for the teeth. And if you can't get to it, speak to your Rav. And they will tell you probably how easy and how simple the halacha is. But I still appreciate these positive messages that we are creating, the awareness. This is what is that important for us. 100%. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Everybody should learn. Try, try, to, try to take it easy and try to make the best for them. And so basically you say that people that are calm are considered normal. People that are get upset a little bit and they understand why they did it are also normal. Yes. So there's a balance in both. Yes, thank you. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Right. Thank you very much. And I, I wanted to the, the read the yeah. last text, you know, that I, my Erev Pesach is so... Let me see that. Okay. Hi, thank you for everything. I'm outgoing person. I moved. Is that no, it with the no, moving? Okay, no, oh, no. Here is my air face. It's so much calmer this year because of your awareness. Thanks. I even put away time for fun. Baruch Hashem, Most. magnificent. Someone just sent me a message like this. I know someone that went skiing yesterday. Wow, what a smart person. I am uh, someone that likes that sport. And yet, definitely, someone that likes it can relax you and give you energy. And then when things will be stressful, yes, you might find it that in one way things are less because you're not doing everything or you're doing less. But on the other hand, what you're doing will have so much more. You will be having your excitement, your energy in it. You'll be having your pieces to it. And that is so much more than the technicalities. Imagine the house is clean. But there's no heart, you're exhausted and you're upset and you're frustrated. And the same is with the husbands and with the wives. Imagine the husbands. So you're doing everything, but there's so much tension in the house. And instead you can say thank you and it's great and it's wonderful. And that is, Merzisham, something we should all be zeichet to, to be able to bring in the, the Pesach with a happiness, with an excitement. And with the peace, with the easiness and really... Put in the yantiv, the geula. Amen. Okay. Amen. Thank you and have a wonderful evening. And Chag Sameach v'Kasher. And we basically in two weeks, no? Something this. Merit Hashem, yeah. Merit Hashem. Bezal Hashem. Beirushalayim abnuya this week. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much.